0: I met Far Eyes Shields at the Afro Comic Con, and afterwards I was lucky enough to set up this conversation and meet with him and hear the story of the company that led to the characters that led to the comic book. It seems like it would normally be a very straightforward line for an idea to start somewhere, become something else, and then grow to its next stage. But that would be simplifying what is, in the story of Far Eye, a much different message, a much more interesting story and it has to do with the idea of a dream being the reward and that the ability and the choice to pursue it is a gift and that throughout it all is an underlying current of freedom both personal and spiritual, and for me, both during the interview and since I've listened to it, very inspiring. You will notice one or two edits where I've tried to cut out my nagging persistent cough and a few times where it still slips in. But thank you for listening, thank you for sharing, and thank you for joining me now for a conversation with far I Shields, what am I just starting? Yeah, comfortably. Um, yeah, go ahead and tell me your, your full name, Far Eye Shields.
1: Um, yep, com.
0: Perfect, and we're sitting down today's uh, what is a magic day Today's Sunday, November 4th, hmm. and we're gonna go ahead and get started. Uh, for those of you joining in, my name's Seth. Thank you for listening, Storytelling with Seth. Joined today with uh, Far Eye Shields. Yes. Uh, a gentleman I had the opportunity to meet uh, about, what is it, almost two weeks ago? Yeah, about two weeks ago. At the Afro Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had an opportunity to check out his booth, look mm-hmm. at some of his projects, and uh, get a chance to exchange a little bit of information about ourselves so that we could set up this conversation today. Yes. Um, Farah, if you want to go ahead and do me a favor and just uh, mm-hmm. give a brief introduction for yourself, and then I'm going to go ahead and follow up with uh, some questions, and we'll see how it goes from there.
1: All right, sounds good. So Farah Shields from FarahShields.com. Also, I um, have a new comic book release that you can find on GreenTeamComics.com, uh, The Birth of Sunray. I'm a author, writer, and musician for Global Transformation.
0: Wonderful. Um... And actually, I'd like to go ahead and start probably with uh, the thing that caught my attention the most when I was just doing a little um, research looking at your website links. Um, you started performing at the age of seven. Yes. Which is a pretty impressive feat because I think <laughs> at 17, I didn't have that kind of composure.
1: Yeah. What drew
0: you to perform at such a young age? And tell me just a little bit about that, how that kind of led to here.
1: Yeah, well, I think it, goes back to the New York lifestyle that my mom lived uh, when she was growing up in New York City in one of the boroughs uh, there and um, the Bronx and she had a very simple working-class life I think her whole life was out of an apartment building and um, she says she didn't really get access to things like piano lessons and recitals and so when she moved to L.A. at the age of 13 and ended up having family and children, my dad did really, really uh, well for himself. He's an orthopedic surgeon, so they had the extra income, and my mom was able to be a stay-at-home mom. So she wanted uh, her children to uh, have music lessons, you know, and do the things that she wasn't able to do as a child. So she got me involved at an early age in piano lessons and uh uh, my teacher had piano recitals. And so, you know, and during the recital, you have a nice little crowd of parents and sure. <laughs> community people there watching the young children perform. So that was my first taste of uh, performing in front of an audience. Okay. Yes.
0: And um, you continued with it because I saw that you were part of a, a musical experience at UC Berkeley.
1: Yes, I was. I was. We uh, started our own band uh, called. Ujama. And um, there I was playing saxophone and singing.
0: Now, when did you pick up saxophone? Because it's a bit of a transition from piano to saxophone. Yeah. That's, a,
1: that's I, a
0: completely different, you know, musical instrument type for starters.
1: Yeah, it is. Definitely. Well, you know, I had a big transition when my grandfather died suddenly at the age of 16. And uh, for some reason, I asked my mom for a saxophone and she she blessed me with one you know and it was a blessing it was a blessing because uh i i was making money we were my brother and i were entrepreneurs so we had money so i started paying for our, uh my lessons just like kind of the same pattern as piano which i feel like was more like homework as opposed to like me really finding my spiritual freedom in, inside of music there and after about 2 or 3 lessons i was uh paying this uh, blues saxophonist uh older gentleman teach me how to play saxophone, you know, I decided, you know, let me just try to play to the radio. And uh, when I played to the radio, that was like uh, my first glimpse of musical freedom there and uh, kind of found my love of uh, music um, as opposed to just playing it, just to play it and kind of on the surface of it, I really felt like a heartfelt, joy-filled experience to playing music that I loved um, on the radio.
0: Do you happen to remember what one or two of those first songs you were learning to? Oh
1: yeah, all the music that I grew up with, you know, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire. (laughs) All the things, all the popular music of the 70s, you know. Was there one that
0: was really hard, where you were like, okay, I get what they're doing, but doing it?
1: No, I think that I wasn't so much into getting it right. I was really into a feeling of freedom, you know, and like anything that could take me away from the standard you know going to school and growing up pains and all that other kind of stuff so so it was
0: less about trying to match what you were hearing mm, on the radio yeah to play along with it uh. to
1: play along with, with it as a guide toward my own freedom and joy and that's what I was looking for I wasn't looking for for any uh you know accolades or anything I just wanted to have a happy moment you know with myself and my instrument and and see if that was possible.
0: Well, it sounds like you achieved it and then were able to carry it on uh, when you were at UC Berkeley. Yes. You were performing with Ujamaa?
1: Yes, I, I did achieve it, and it was quite profound. It was like a whole other world for me um, to discover and to be a part of this musical I- experience that is kind of beyond time and space and into some other dimension of... Uh, I don't know. It's like a, a retreat or a vacation or place you can go to where there's just everything's right. You know, <laughs> it's like a heaven for me or a nirvana.
0: I understand. Yeah. I'm sure that anybody who has a, a gift like that where they mm. can kind of almost lose themselves or create a separate world that allows them to just have enough distance between the day-to-day yes. and that experience that you get to have, they can probably relate to that too.
1: Yeah, I hope so. You know, that's that's my goal is for people to find something that really feeds their soul, something like you found in storytelling, you know, something that you enjoy doing.
0: It really is something that I enjoy, especially when I come across great stories. Yeah. so far we're talking about music, but clearly this was part of informing what you're doing now, Um, and I think that would be a great way to lead into, tell me about Green Team Comics, tell me about... Uh, what started that for you? Uh, You mentioned earlier uh, a little bit before we got a chance to start recording that there was some inspirations for Green Team Comics, uh, where that came from, um, and maybe what you're trying to achieve with it uh, as either an extension of what you've been doing as a musician or as a different purpose Mm -hmm.
1: entirely. Yes, well, the story goes like this. Um, I was... um, I had an epiphany around. I did definitely have an epiphany at in 2007. It was almost a. It was a life changing moment for me. Um, there was this beautiful woman named Sarah Bond who was a fellow musician and uh, a model, and um, I was told to meet her. I need to meet her for like four months by this this business entrepreneur extraordinary named David Cook who was making all this money online and he had a flock of people just following him trying to figure out what how is he making all this money (laughs) online It's like we all want to make money online so he had meetings at night and he was kind of showing people how how he made his money and kind of pulling us in and sarah was one of the people he was working with um, because she wanted to continue her modeling career and maybe even her singing career and he kept telling me oh you have to meet sarah uh sarah bond so one night, uh, it was a meeting in San Francisco and, you know, she was there and, uh, late, late at night and, um, yeah, he's a, he's a more of a nocturnal type person. And so, um, uh, you know, it was really noisy and busy and I had bought my guitar so I could hear Sarah, Sarah sing, you know? And, um, uh, and I was like, wow, Sarah, so nice to finally meet you. David's been telling me a lot about you, you know, um, what, uh, maybe we could reschedule for another day, but I would love to hear your voice. And I bought my guitar, but it's too noisy here. She's like, just come to my place, you know. And I was like, wow, come to your place, huh? It's like, I don't know, almost midnight, you know. This is a young model, and she wants me to come to her place at midnight. So I was like, wow, that's very trusting, and I appreciate it. And so we drove to her place, and we did one song for like three hours, one of my songs, where we were just harmonizing, and David ended up coming in. And that's where I painted this picture, um, right above me there to my left. I call it Namaste. But because that's the word that she said after coming out of this three hour session, she uttered the word Namaste. And when she said Namaste, I saw this image right above me and it took me about, I don't know. For
0: anybody listening, I promise to include a picture of the painting that he's referring to. Yeah. It's just a mystery in your mind. Yeah. Just on a, a really, basic description, it's two figures standing next to an elephant with a woman riding on top and the sun um, shining almost directly behind her head, rays of light. Uh, it's really gorgeous. There's a field and a path uh, that leads from the field out over water. And the path where they're standing is surrounded on both sides by water.
1: Yes, yes. So um, that that was the image that I saw. And, and that, that was the initial thing that image and then about three or four weeks later she said you got to come up to my place and while I'm getting a group of people to watch this movie The Secret. Have you ever heard of that movie The Secret? Mm, yeah so we watched that movie together and those two things to me just gave me this profound sense of freedom you know and to kind of like do a life reflection and this, like say what am I really here for you know what am I really doing on this planet and And how would I design the life of my dreams, you know? And so I decided that I was going to do the Freedom Road show, which was a weekly show every Friday. I was going to play music and play my songs and um, open it up to the audience for any type of uh, suggestions that they had for uh, transforming our society, you know? So uh, we got together. This was on Grand Avenue, and... There's this beautiful Indian woman named Poorvi, and uh, she had a following herself, but she wasn't. She had never sung in front of a crowd before, so I was helping her with that. You know, like here, you know, I'll help you. I have a microphone. I will kind of coach you along. So she was singing some of my songs, and we had came up with some other songs. And one of her friends, John Fargo, came and he started helping me. And after one of the shows on Friday night, he said, "You know, I want to talk to you about what you're talking about." You know things that could help transform the community. And I was like, okay, yeah, talk to me. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I want you to learn about healthy cleaning because I think you could use it to transform the community. You know, and I was like, you know, I I had my epiphany which was right there. I was going to do art, music, and books and that was gonna be going to be it. You know, I was just going to dedicate my life to writing books, painting pictures, and making music, you know, and so I said, well, I have my instructions. I'm going to do art, music, and books, so you know, I can't really do anything else, but next Friday, why don't you tell the audience at the Freedom Road show, maybe somebody there. And he says, well, I want you to do it. And I said, yeah, I really can't. He said, well, I'm helping you film your show, so I'm uploading the videos on the internet, I'm bringing my friends, I'm performing. How much are you paying me for all that work that I'm doing? I was like, nothing. It's like community service, brother, you know. It's gonna It's going into the universe. And he said, well, I want to actually pay you to come... Like See what I'm talking about. Ten bucks an hour, I want to pay you. You know, and I was like, well, say it like that, you know, mainly mainly the precursor instead of the $10 an hour, and mainly the fact that he's been doing all this stuff for me for free and that he actually wants to show me something that he thinks I need to see. And so I went to San Francisco, did one job, and at the time I was really hard on, um, I had, um, my real estate career was kind of, <laughs> It was right before the 2008 crash was about to hit, so my deals weren't closing as fast as they used to. And um, I was in need of some cash. And here he goes, he does his job, and this guy says, I want to give you $300. And he says, no, I can't accept that. I can only accept $170. And I was like, what? did he just do you know i i have been in all kind of businesses but I, it's like whenever anybody wants to give you money to say okay yes sure i'll take it you know don't like don't i've never been in a business where you turn money down and say you know i can only i can only accept uh, almost half of what you want to give me you know Right. and i was like wow one the pro the experience of healthy cleaning that he was doing it it was uh completely green and it didn't smell bad and you know I was a real estate agent and before that I was a real estate investor so I had, was doing a lot of fixing houses and flipping them and getting carpets clean and they always smelled like mold and mildew when traditional way you know toxic like oh god toxic waste almost like and then a week later it'd be all right but this it smelled great it was no toxic waste. The carpet was dry to touch when you left. I was just like, wow, this this is something the world needs to hear. And he was like, I told you. And so I <laughs> said, yeah, he convinced me and he showed me. And, uh, and I said, well, why don't you get a machine and, you know, uh, he said, "Well, I can't find the machine." I said, "Why well, you can't find the machine?" He said, "Yeah, I've been looking for five years." I'm like, "Where you been looking?" He said, "In my employer's office," you know. And I was like, "Oh, that's the problem. You got to look online," you know. But he's an older gentleman, and okay. not much older, but he's older than me, and. Uh, maybe online isn't his expertise but I you know I've done a lot of research online and stuff so anyway I looked for four hours and I found a guy in San Mateo I was making the machines and he loaned me the money to get started and you know my friend John Fargo loaned me the money and that's how I started with the green cleaning company you know and that was nine years ago and, and uh, now we do janitorial and carpet cleaning housekeeping and we have up to 40 people on call that we could call, you know, providing green, local green jobs. So,
0: and now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor.
1: One of those late nights cleaning. Um, I start getting these images of the machines turning into cartoon characters. Yeah. I love it. Okay, <laughs> and that's really good. fatigue involved. Yeah, it could have been some been, fatigue you know, involved. Could have been the my thing. creative mind wondering, but I start coming with all these superheroes uh, through the carpet cleaning machines and the vacuum cleaners and all the uh, the deodorizer that we use, and you know, and then uh, came up with this story of. 10 young people from all over the planet, you know, all the countries being represented, 10 major countries representing ethnic, ethnic diversity, all coming together in Oakland and studying under this uh, this teacher. Mm. And uh, that's the Green Team. And that's wow. nice Green Team Comics. I love it, wow.
0: <laughs> it's a great story for how, you know, one, you came to be working with this green cleaning and how mm-hmm. that then fed this sort of okay let me take this further let me yes. take what I'm doing and expand it um, and in doing so I'm just curious one what was the was there one character that you sort of had right away or that you knew like yeah. okay I've got this one I can build more characters yeah so this one is so complete Who, yeah which character is that for that
1: she sheen from Italy and he's uh, the represent um, the carpet cleaning machine that's on our flyers you know okay. yeah and, uh, okay. And that's my friend Dexter, who's also one of the um, characters from Oakland um, that I went to college with, and he was cleaning with me at the time. And uh, he's called the Carpet Cleaning ma- Machine, Sheen, Sheen, <laughs> Sheen. It's like they go Sheen, and so yeah. So Sheen was definitely number one, number one character, and the rest kind of came from there.
0: And was there anything specific about the cleaning machine and the character machine that sort of like you kind of built the character around those, yeah those yeah or the carpet cleaner definitely like kind of upright mm-hmm, or stand straight? yep
1: stand straight strong gets it done That's you know does the hard work you know loyal faithful dependable could build something you know around him and and uh yeah a lot of the characters of the, of the equipment you know that particular uh, equipment it's like the beginning of a of a new life for me and for other people that are joining the team now
0: I would, I can only imagine I, I'm wondering too without you know without thinking that the characters will hear this and mm-hmm. certainly get offended uh, while <laughs> Sheen was the first yeah. is there one that maybe out of all of them became a favorite a little close to your heart or have different ones become close to your heart at different times and you know like a, a I, sort of like wow that that impacts me when I write or tell part of that character's story.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're all unique, and it's like I have to almost like channel them to write write about them, and they're like uh like songs, you know, I've heard a lot of great songwriters say, matter of fact, I saw a documentary on Quincy Jones and said that the great songs come from the subconscious mind, you know, which you know you could say is the akashic mind or our collective mind as a human family. So I feel like uh, all these superheroes like the world called them forth and I'm just like the one that's at the moment who's listening to them because uh, hopefully there will be more writers in the in the future that will write about them and, you know, they can spend time. But the great thing is I feel like they all have parts of us as humans that we all love about ourselves. Okay. So. You know, and that we can get to know that part through the character um, a little bit closer by... By fellowshipping and just really meditating on that character.
0: I, I really like the way that uh, echoes something. I have a, a good friend of mine, Dr. Sarah Webb, and mm-hmm. she does, a, we did a recording together. Okay. Because she has a series about colorism healing. Mm. And she really wanted to focus uh, during part of that conversation on the TV show Black Lightning and mm. how there is such a range of a spectrum of characters represented mm. on the show. And she tied that to the success of uh, the movie Black Panther, wow. and how in both of those uh, productions you're able to see such a range of characters mm. that it doesn't require uh, one character to be more than one thing. Right. That if you limit the number of characters in a story, then they have to take on more ideals, more representations. Right. And that by you know spreading that out. Mm. Um, I also love the fact that when you're talking about the uh, the characters you have here, that each one of them is. When you were describing it like a song, it made me think about the fact that one so many songs are great stories of themselves. Yes, and have. then two, how many songs can oftentimes have an emotional tone or come from an emotional place mm. based on what they're trying to say mm-hmm. or how they're trying to say it. Yes, and if you notice that with any of the creation of your character. Oh yeah, all of them.
1: They all have something to say, and it's it's important, you know, that we listen. And you know, mainly me right now, because I'm the one that's writing, you know, and and, and really interpreting. The energy of that character, however, um, you know, the reader is all about uh, us as a human family evolving to a higher state of consciousness. That's what it's all about, and all these are all these characters are tools to help us, you know, get to a higher place. You know, kind of like incrementally, step by step, you know, so we can live our dreams and and realize that we have dreams. I mean, I feel like a lot of our society kind of stomps the dreams out of humanity. You know, to where whether you're in a town that doesn't let you dream or in a family that's too scared to let you dream like you know like don't dream because it can be dangerous you know (laughs) don't do what you want to do you know you might suffer really bad if you do what you want to do you know and
0: focus on the consequences instead of
1: yeah exactly like wow great you have a goal and a dream it's awesome you know let's let's let the family let's get behind that you know and help you um live your dream and yeah it's different than the other kids but Hey, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably one
0: of the best responses. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Right? Let's go for it. So you've got a mission. Mm -hmm. You've got this idea. Now you've got these characters. Yes. Tell me about the first step. The first book. What? What was? Yeah, the
1: first book. I'm telling people it's nine years in the making. You know, because the characters they all kind of came slowly over time, and the storyline. Um, came I think last year I wrote a a book uh, called The Scope of Time and that's the first time I really kind of got really deep into the characters and um, figure out okay like who is each one of these characters and how they're relating to like they each have a personality you know some are feisty some are like all love and caring some are kind of you know Shy or something like that. You, you know? Mind, I'm giving some brief introductions for everybody listening. So who's right. shy? Oh, Okay, who's let's see. Who's the shy one so here? Definitely one not Tima. Well, um Issa is representing the heart and she's feisty. She's in uh love with Jack. <laughs> and that's a whole nother a whole nother thing um yeah we have a love interest there but it's not supposed to be one it's kind of like uh you're in love with your uh um co-worker kind of thing like that you know so they're kind of trying to be you guys have a job yeah exactly (laughs) so they feel a little embarrassed but i mean kind of like and they're not supposed to have favorites they're supposed to be like a team of 10, and they're all together in together, and it's like life and death situations all the time, you know. So, whether they're taking on big oil companies or, you know, somebody cutting down the trees in the rainforest, you know, it's like anything could happen. So, you know, when there's emotional ties to one individual, then maybe. The team could be compromised, so you know. The, all dependent uh, on each other. To look after exactly. Each other so way. exactly. No favorites here, you know. So, so they're a little like they've been trying to squash it for years, but it's just won't go away. I like it, and they both know it. They, know they it's both happening. know it. It's like ah. So busy trying to fight it. God. Now, here's yes. the other one
0: I love when a show will let other people in the show and kind of the audience know, like, mm-hmm. hey, we all know this is going on. We just yes. don't say we know. Oh, going? Does the rest of the team know that this is there?
1: You know, I haven't figured that out yet. I okay. just know that they're, like, worried about it, and they don't really want it to happen. I think last year in that book, The Scope of Time, they just, like, you know, like, F it. You know, I love you. and you know, and, and Jack is kind of like, he's a scientist, so he's not so much involved in the earthly kind of thoughts and feelings. I think he's more like a Nikolai Tesla. Like he's just really wants to invent things, you know, for the analytical. Very yeah, very based. right. So he's not really, you know, where Issa is really a heart based character. She represents the heart of the green team. So she's really compassionate. And so she's really in tune with her emotions. You know, but Jack is like, oh man, he's just scientist. He just wants to get the invention right. You know
0: so saying? one person really doesn't want to deal with it, and the other person's like dealing with it. Kind of defines who I am.
1: Exactly, exactly. Jack's in, involved in another way, but he's kind of involved in the way that like he's not in touch with his emotions, and whenever he does get involved, in tune to his emotions, he he doesn't do well. Like he doesn't do well in the whole emotional field, so he would rather just stay out of it. But here goes Issa just pulling him into it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no choice, buddy. <brother>. No, no. <laughs> this is happening. You know, so, yeah, so they all have their their, their stories. And, uh, yeah, so Ananda is the one that um, she's from India and she's, like, dark matter. And she represents, like, spirituality. And she's uh, super shy, you know, uh she represents the invisible part of us you know the the non-tangible part of ourselves that you know um so she has a hard time relating to the uh the physical reality you know world because her world really is is a spiritual world you know where Miriam, she's re- represents all physical man- manifestation of reality, so she's super materialistic and, you know, daddy's girl, rich girl, kind of thing. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: getting a few examples coming to mind. Did you base her on anyone, or were, were these, were, was anyone aside from being like inspired by the different, you know, uh, cleaning elements and things like that? What what is uh, what does she represent for you
1: then? Well. Oh, Ananda it, is really my goal so I would say the only two that really came from the cleaning um, part is Sheen from mm-hmm. machine and Bow, which is the rainbow vacuum that we use and he bows from Australia and sheens from Italy. Mm-hmm. The others were more of uh, the story like I need to get 10 children from all over the planet you know I want half men and half women. You know, and where should I on the map, where should I have them, you okay. know, and what would their stories be, you know? And so that's where uh, Ananda and Miriam came from. That Miriam's from the Middle East, you know, um, Saudi Arabia or Dubai or some place like that, you know. And Ananda's from India, you know, and uh, so it was just more my desire to to have 10 children from all over the world representing 10 major countries, major regions of the human family, you know, all coming together, working together as one family in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I understand that definitely. Uh, yeah. And I, I like that it. it started with like, okay, one or two came from this. Yes. But then when you were looking at the whole picture, it was like, well, actually what my goal would be is this team. Yes, And this exactly. is what I wanted to represent. Yes. And now I'm just going to find the places where it can be represented yes. and where to kind of derive everything exactly
1: exactly yeah so that's that's where i came
0: now the book you're holding is the birth of sunray but that's yes. not the first book no it's not the birth of sunray but that's yes. not the first book
1: no it's not and it's not so the, maybe the, 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 just
0: run me through the chronological history okay yeah so the the scope of
1: time um is really more of a written book and with a few pictures just kind of like a cameo of all these and then the storyline and when. Last year when I took it out to the uh, to the public after re- probably working on it for a couple of years, uh, you know, I was kind of like, this is not a, a real comic book, you know, you say you're Green Team Comics, you need a real comic book, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, well, it's a storybook," you know, with some pictures, and i are like, exactly, it's not a comic book, it's, you know, you need a comic book, you know, and so um, I kind of felt like, uh, oh, I need a comic book you know, so that was the, the first one was the scope of time. It was more like the story of the Green Team, you know, like where it starts with in 1910 in New York City with the birth of Charlie Myers. Really? Yeah, and Charlie Myers was, uh, his dad was Italian, his mom was Irish in 1900s, where, which was, you know, really not a cool thing for Irish and Italian to be mixing, and so it starts off with them in a the hospital, and and charlie myers being born and you know the mom asking uh Charlie's dad, like, hey, is Charlie a cool name? What do you think? And then Charlie's dad's just kind of off in the, you know, saying, oh, man. Kind of like, man, I'm messed up, man. You know, nobody's going to support us. It's just going to be us on our own. Everybody's going to hate me. My mom's going to hate me. My dad's going to hate me. Your mom's going to hate me. Your dad's going to hate me. You know, and and he was just saying, like, wow, it's just going to be me and you and this baby. You know that, right? You know, so that's kind of like... What he was saying, what, what he was thinking about, it. and so he, uh, so Dr. Myers grew up isolated and didn't really have that many friends, and so Rocks became his best friend, and um, later in life he became a billionaire through mining in hmm. the rocks, and uh, and when it was his time to do it, and get married, have kids, he picked a beautiful bride got married and then when they got pregnant um he got a call from the dalai lama's people in tibet saying that you know we heard about your great mining um you have you have a, a way of mining without destroying the environment you know we want you to come to Tibet and and help us you know do some mining that's holistic you know and He didn't want to go and his wife wanted him to go because the wife wanted to drive to uh, see her friend, you know, a college friend and tell her, my life's changed, having a baby, (laughs) you know, just kind of like some girl time. So she convinces him to go and so he's in to bed and she gets in a car accident and dies with the baby, both of them die. So he kind of goes into a downturn spiral, you know, he's got all the money in the world but love of his life's gone, his baby's gone. So finds himself back in tibet you know on some kind of pilgrimage trying to find a reason for living because seemed like he lost he had lost his way like he he didn't have any he thought he had everything mapped out and how his life was going to be and and it was just taken away from him so he was kind of like it felt like he didn't have a reason for living you know yeah. and then uh it says in the book that normally they would have kicked him out because he's not like not from Tibet, but there was something special about him. you know. So he was allowed to stay and train in the ways of the monks and the priests there. And they finally <clears throat> came up with a mission for him and that he was going to go back to America and get some help and then go get 10 kids from all around the world and raise them in Oakland as a family. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow, yeah. that's <laughs> quite an origin story. <laughs> you know, and it it really parallels so many different things that, you know, you can see where just some of what you've already told me mm. influenced and informed yes. the story you were telling. Yeah. I mean so many people think they know the direction they're going in. Right. 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 And When that change happens, Mm. it's a hard adjustment. And then afterwards, there's finding a new direction, a new purpose. And you're covering all those things in
1: the first book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes on to introduce the characters and, you know, how they came about. And they all, at 10 years old, they had a a parent from the country that was, like, really known into uh, the ways of the traditional, you know, lifestyle. So... Most of all the traditional lifestyles all over the world were green and, you know, organic and they didn't pollute the earth like we are now, you know. um, Fossil fuel burning. (laughs) Chemical dumps. (laughs) Chemical dumps and plastic and, you know, so they have the the traditional culture and they also have, so one of their family is like a member, the mother or father is like a shaman of the village and then the other parent has to be in the city, like a spiritual person that lives in the city, so they know, they have best of both worlds, so they, they can understand the old ways and the modern ways. So they have to go find these kids wow. from all these different regions that have these specific details, you know, and so it's a journey just to find the kids, you know, and bring them back to Oakland, and then they have to convince the parents to let them go at 10, to Oakland, you know, that they're going to be part of this, or. You're right, part of this whole big thing. And, you know, they're going to save the world and, you know, yeah. So um, that's their journey that they have to go find these 10 kids, you know, from all over the planet.
0: Okay. Um, and that's, that's the first book. And then the second book?
1: Yeah, this is the second book, The Birth of Sunray. And so Sunray is actually inspired off of a person that um, works for the green team. Now and uh, who reminds me of uh, this family that I grew up in uh, in LA next door to my grandfather's house. My grandfather's from the south, uh, so he grew up in Arkansas and had um, we have family in Mississippi and Arkansas. So this family living right next door to him was from Mississippi. They had like 10 kids, you know, and he kind of reminds me of one of the, the, the older kids, Lamar, who ended up taking care of my grandfather. When he passed, you know, his last years of his life, Lamar was like the one right there for him. So Sunray reminds me of him. So he kind of like it's like wow, it's kind of like a energetically like a blast from the past, you know. And he has his own struggles that he's dealing with, life struggles, you know. And uh, and so I I got inspired to write about him because um, of my connection. You know to my own past childhood and I felt like wow this would be good it's like the green team's having difficulty you know and they pray for help and Sunray comes you know it's like the ancestors hear the call of the green team and they sin in uh, uh, so he's kind of a walk-in he's a walk-in so like he's a spirit that took over his body and so Raymond Carson becomes Sunray Wow. Yeah. That's a really interesting story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He becomes just like community activist. Like he's just a regular guy, you know, just kind of living a regular life in West Oakland, you know, regular African-American life in West Oakland. Just kind of hanging out and doing his thing, you know. No big deal, you know, kind of a community favorite, but he's not really pushing the envelope or taking anybody anywhere. He's just kind of getting by, you know, and nice guy getting by. And now he's like... He becomes sunray, and he has to become this leader, and you know, and and he gets overwhelmed, and it's like he gets depressed, and it's like he starts seeing poverty and all these changes, homelessness and loneliness, and he starts seeing all this stuff that needs to be fixed, you know, and he just gets overwhelmed and
0: sees the scope of the challenge. Yeah, what do I do? Exactly, so the first book. How does it kind of end with the Green Team? Like, is it them all gathered ready to start training, or are they about to embark? Yeah, and that's why I call it the
1: scope of time, because in the scope of time it just kind of flips back and forth, man. It's just like all over the place, you know? It's kind of like, back in 1910, okay, 1970, okay, 1980, you know? So it just kind of leaves you with a like, wow, okay, like what's next kind of thing, you know? Like, this is a story, it's got a lot going on, kind of like, what's next? You know, you get to meet all the characters. Right, and um,
0: so is there a time, is there like a passage of time from the end of the first book to the birth of Sunray? Has the team, anything occurred kind of by the time uh, the scope of time ends and you've met the team and they've all been gathered? Um, where are they when we meet them in the birth of Sunray? You mentioned that they were kind of having some trouble. So they are Yeah, kind of like so gathered.
1: so in the yeah. scope of time, it talks about some of the adversity. So they're, it's kind of got a, a lot of, not a lot of death in it but there's some main characters that pass away so in the scope of time in the scope of time um, you know Mr. Meyer, uh, Dr. Meyer's wife passes away that kind of starts him going to Tibet and you know getting his mission and then he finds this incredibly beautiful woman named Lola Jenkins in the Midwest uh, and um, she wanted to go to UC Berkeley and she didn't have a way to go to UC Berkeley. And so, you know, he finds out, Dr. Meyer finds out as he's leaving on his private jet, his assistant gives the flyer of the picture of this woman named Lola Jenkins, who's the the daughter of one of his head mining executives in the area. Um, And he looks at the picture and just was like, that's her. Like, I need her. I need her. Turn the jet around. You know, <laughs> go back. Let's go get her. So she wants to go to Berkeley, and he's like, "Well, I'll I'll take you to Berkeley if, um, you know, you be my teacher. I'll put you through Berkeley. I'll let right. you have the whole experience. I need you to teach these ten kids." Wow. You know, and uh, she's like, she accepts, and so she goes to Berkeley with her friend, and you know, has the whole college life, and she's their teacher, and then she passes away you know, suddenly. And then um, <clears throat> Mr. Myers passes away after her, and then the Green Team just, like, disbands, and everybody except Bo and Dex- Dexter, who's from Oakland, and Bo's from Australia, but he doesn't go back. So Bo and Dexter are the only one that stay. Everyone else goes back to their their, uh, their place of origin, of origin. And then Dexter finds a letter from miss jenkins and calls them all back you right. know and says the 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 letter basically tells dexter that he's the one he's like the third like it's mr myers it's jenkins and it's dexter as far as like the, the fail safe to keep the green team going on their mission to, to, to make humanity green you know and so um once he gets the letter he calls everybody back and they all come back nice yeah now <laughs> right. um, yeah, I'll and, come back to Oakland <laughs> and then so that's how the first one is. yeah that's how and the then, first one is.
0: then we meet them um, again now they're you know, meeting Sunray, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that they're kind of dealing with some struggles. Yes, they're
1: dealing the with some struggles, yes. yeah, okay. They're dealing with some struggles they need to know, because they're back in headquartered in Oakland, but they deploy all over the world, and they're on these missions, you know, to green the forest. They each have a different mission, like he's, uh, you know, all about the plants, and she's all about compassion, and... um yeah they all have different missions and and she's all about the water you know and purifying the water plastic in the ocean all the other kind of stuff like that so they're all kind of all over the world working on the you know their their field and Sheba's all about the animals and so she's dealing with uh endangered species and trying to get you know the species to repopulate in certain areas and okay. get some kind of safety for them and so they all have green initiatives that they're doing worldwide but meanwhile back at headquarters the green team is having difficulties and so they all come in and and they're like what should we do should we pray for help or should we should we stop doing our missions all over the planet you know and come back and help you and, and they decide they're going to pray for help and and the answers to their prayers are heard and Sun sent to help them oh wow
0: <laughs> great setup I mean for anybody listening if that isn't you to want to pick it up yeah. you know, I don't know what else to say but uh, I really like you know the direction and I I like the idea of like the end of a a book or story you can kind of feel like oh maybe things are done right and yet it's a responsibility every time you pick up that story again to to tell a new chapter yes clearly the only reason that you're going to have something happen is if things stop working so well you know where does that come from and when you've got struggles probably one of the hardest things people might have to face is asking for help right and you've got the situation in which you've got this group who've Mm -hmm. accomplished a lot so far Mm -hmm. but they recognize they need help they need help and ask and you shall receive they get it it they get the
1: (laughs) help they get the help and because of that
0: we get to meet this new character yes and you get to take somebody who's just you know like anybody yes yes in, in many situations, just living their life, doing their best to get by, create life. whatever comforts they can, mm-hmm. and, you know, make the best of each day as possible. Right. To then have this person experience something that puts them on a larger mission. Right. Um, I can't help but then ask there's a there's clearly a parallel because you really pointed out that when you experienced your sort of recognition and transformation in two thousand seven mm-hmm. to two thousand eight mm-hmm. that you are living your life completely differently than you are now yes and without trying to say well what were you doing before right what what would you maybe focus on that you're doing now that's different and how the recognition of well that was 2007 2008 and it's 2018 yeah and what you've seen you know from making that decision to the things you've accomplished like Scope of Time and Now the Birth of Sunray. Yeah. And all the things that have come along, I mean, clearly, you've made the right choice, Mm. I'm going to (laughs) say. I'm just going to guess that. Could be debatable, depending on who you're talking to. (laughs) We're going to say the laughter encourages the possibility I'm on the right track. Yeah. (laughs) However, um, just based on where you were and where you are now Mm. and the direction you've chosen to Mm. take, um, I feel like it's, it's paralleled with these books, but I'm just also wondering... For you, uh, you know, what has that difference meant and been? Because right. in many ways, the the story of Green Team t- Comics is the story of our issues. Yes,
1: yes, definitely. And
0: now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for asking. Um, I feel the biggest thing for me is that I stopped looking outside of myself and stopped looking, it was the permission to look within and discover out who I was as opposed to having a fit, and mainly I'm talking about a religious or spiritual type of experience to where I was raised Catholic, you know, and then um, became um, Buddhist and Muslim and, you know, all these other religions, and you know, in Christianity there's all these different forms of Christianity and went through a lot of I was playing music in a lot of the choirs and things like that. So looking, just looking for different, going through different religious expressions to find out do I fit in any of those, you know? And finding, yeah, I like some of this, but not all of it. It's like there were some things I would do different, and kind of feeling like, wow, you know, don't I just don't really fit anywhere. You know, and then 2007 with that experience, thank God, to Sarah Bond, um, the movie The Secret, she just really, that experience just opened me up to like, I don't have to fit anywhere. I could just be myself, you know, and I was just like, wow. I could be myself. That's amazing. Like, well, what? Would, what's that like, you know, instead of me having to look and, in a book written how many thousands of years ago or whatever and saying, yeah, this is what I believe, I believe in this. It's like, well, what is this living guy, you know, what's true to him, you know, and and, and me just getting in touch with, with that. And um, it's been life changing for me, you know, for my own life, my own journey through life to where. I don't have to fit anywhere. So that's like a lot of work that I don't have to do, you know, trying to fit somewhere and looking for that place where I fit. And now I can just, you know, go within and find characters and find songs and, you know, find art and and find businesses that. Feel good to me and people that you know i connect with and and it's it's a whole nother way of living as opposed to me having to fit in something and to see what that something how they would define my life to be what would they allow me to do and wouldn't wouldn't they allow me to do and what I can do this but I can't do that or I can believe this but I can't believe that or you know so all those rules and regulations and dogma and it's like I don't have to do any of that now I can just be free and be me, you know. <laughs> and so that's my ultimate uh, freedom. And and I began to say, well, what is, what does far right want? Who is, who is he like? You know, what does he want to do? You know, and that's how I discovered I, I like um, music and art and writing. You know, and I also love business and you know building business and exchanging and teaching others and you know so it's more now I'm more centered from a spiritual position and saying that I am an entity myself you know do. and that's cool <laughs> I don't have to prove anything to anybody you know I'm basically free you know
0: I do. I like it because it reminds me of uh, two things. One, I mean, what you were just saying, which was this idea of trying to fit in somewhere. Yeah. About no longer trying to fit. Yeah. About finding comfort in the space that you just occupy by yourself. Yes. And then, secondly, that it sounds so much like the freedom that you mentioned finding when you first started playing saxophone
1: yeah so much and I feel like there's a
0: real thread there yeah Um, there is one of those things I love about talking with people about their stories is because when you find those things you can Mm. really recognize where Mm -hmm. hey you know if you find something just because you find it in that moment doesn't mean you always get to stay with it in that moment you're gonna travel and experience a lot more that's true but then some things will offer you an opportunity to potentially come back to that. Yes. And the freedom you experience when you learn to play saxophone mm-hmm. to the radio. To the radio. It sounds like you're doing uh, a very good return mm-hmm. by experiencing that same level of freedom now that you've begun working uh, ever since you had that experience with Sarah Bond, mm-hmm. Um and ever since you began with this idea of green cleaning.
1: Yes. Yes, and it it has been a beautiful experience, and I I have to say, you know, it's like uh, my life is just so rich and so full of, you know, so full of art and so full of music and great people. You know, I was talking about we have these wonderful clients that we clean for, and they're just amazing, amazing amazing humans. You know, it's like wow, you know, (laughs) what an honor, you know, to be in their space and. You know, so now I feel like without a religion or without any specific dogma, I can just really attract the people who I want um, to be in their lives and I want them to be in my lives without, you know, any type of uh, judgment upon them for not saying their prayer this way or not believing that this person is the supreme being or, you know, it's like, wow. You know, it's just freedom for me because growing up Catholic, you know, it's a lot of restrictions, you know, what you can do, what you can't do. It's got to do confession and you're born a sinner and, you know, all these things. As You know, the interesting thing about religion is that, you know, the natural evolution of of a human life is that, you know, you need your parents to tell you, hey, you know, this is what you need to eat, this is what time you need to go to bed. this is what you know how you treat people. this is you know to give you the basic how to be human lessons, you know and then you come to spirituality, and it's like, well, you're a child, so naturally you're just going to listen to whatever your parents believe in. And interesting what my parents I asked my dad, is he, does he consider himself Catholic? And he said no. But he was raised Catholic, <laughs> and he raised us Catholic. <laughs> so go figure.
0: That one. I'm sure there must have been a question of. of
1: uh, uh, no, no, that was my dad. It's like you're lucky to have you know a moment. That was just a moment for me to savor I know when the, I'm overstretching my boundaries you know <laughs> okay. he's, got, he's not a deep philosophical kind of guy he's that a, kind of, inhibition he's kind of a, yeah that was enough that was enough for me to say wow isn't that amazing isn't that profound you know that you grow up and you feel so limited to something and then even the person that had you in that kind of box or framework they're no longer in it themselves and you could be stuck in that the rest of your life right and not to say that's bad for people Catholic I mean whatever religion you are if it's working for you wonderful but I just say make sure it's working for you you know just make just check in with yourself and make sure it's working for you that you're not kind of on a program that was from your childhood or from somebody you love or somebody you respect it's like actually something that's serving you you know and that's making you who you want to be you know it's feeding your soul and as long as you can say yes to that i'm like i'm all for it you know whatever religion you are in but if there's that glimmer of "Mm, i don't know then i say go through that door you know and see what that it's all about you know that "Mm, i don't know that could be life-changing you know
0: have the freedom to ask those questions.
1: Yeah. You know, and challenge yourself on challenge yourself. That you that's it cuz you know this is our life and this your name and your life and your story that's that's the one time thing, you know. Whether we reincarnate or not it's like this is the one time you get to be your name and your story with your parents and your you know so what are you going to do with this, you know. They say uh when you go to the cemetery and you see the birthday i mean the born year and the death year and there's a dash in between so that dash is your life you know so what are you going to do with it you know and are you proud what you what you're doing with it now right can you you know at your death can you say i was a good life you know i did a good job
0: because you can't go back there and- <laughs> you can't go back there and you know change things it's so it's written um, you kind of set me up easily then move right into the next part which is, you know, Scope of Time was about finishing a book. You kind of set me up easily Okay. Then to move right into the next part which is, you know, Scope of Time was about finishing a book and getting it done and out there. Yes. And... The birth of Sunray is about taking those characters on their next adventure yes but those can't be the only goals you have for this project oh what, man, what, what man. is the thing that you kind of see as being the long term bigger goal for not only Dream team comics but what you've been experiencing learning and developing and and where you want to take that how is that what you've already done in these past 10 11 years yeah and, and what you're doing Next, yeah, and, and for sure, how team comics fits into that for
1: sure. So, you know, I feel like a safe position for me to hold is uh global transformation, meaning a human evolution into higher consciousness on a global level. You know, and in that, um, you know, I'm studying other writers, um, and what they're writing about, movies, and, and just seeing like what's in the current human consciousness and I feel like there's a lot of violence and war and you know it's a lot of blowing up things and shooting down things and you know I feel like our biggest like as far as a life you know if you're born in a war-torn country then you know maybe different but I feel like what's real for me is that Things like fear and doubt are like monsters, you know, and that if you well, as a writer to create them as such, you know, some emo- like lower emotion, anger, you know, hatred, create them as lo- lower emotional monsters, lower, you know, lower frequencies that humanity can, humanity can be stuck on, you know. And have the characters battle those type of entities, and um, as opposed to just you know a bunch of shooting and violence and things like that, you know, and and then also um, challenge you know the, the hu- humans challenging each other and kind of like stepping outside of their their boundaries and kind of acting on faith even when there's doubt and haters all around you and people telling you like. Stay in your box. Stay in your, you know, like, hey, stay down there, you know. Don't do anything different, you know. So, the, I feel like the challenges that we face, like for me, the number one reason why we're not a green society, humans, families, because of greed, you know. Because when Nikolai Tesla was here, the robber barons, they didn't see a way to make money off his all of his inventions, so they just gave him a bad name, gave him bad press, and. Continue to pollute the earth, and maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't have the foresight to see like how many human beings there were going to be on the planet, and how big of an impact we were going to make. Um, but there was no money, money to be made off of free energy, you know. And so it was because of greed. Like they already were millionaires and millionaires and millionaires. But you know, here comes this uh, working class guy with all these great ideas, but. Can't make any money, I mean, we could put some of them out of business, so you know if it wasn't for greed, you know we would have a green economy so greed greed is definitely one of the monsters you know that the the green team needs to fight in our society, you know loneliness is another monster you know that we and they say one out of every one out of every two, so fifty percent of Americans are dealing with loneliness, you know they could be married and you know, not say hi to their husband or, you know, (laughs) kids don't speak to them, you know, what's for dinner and that's it, you know, kind of like hop to it, you know, and bad words, bad energy, you know, in the homes. And so all these things are some of the things that I want to combat the major challenges and problems I see in our society. You know, I want to have the the superheroes battle and. And fight those you know give people ways you know around them and methods of dealing with them
0: well it's a very green approach because instead of talking about dealing with a problem the way it's so easy to do in so many popularized ways of storytelling yes which is yeah conflict leads to action which means violence and suffering right those are all on the surface right you're talking about going to the roots you know you're talking about dealing with the things that create that Yes. Why are destructive behaviors occurring in the world? Well, yes. they're driven by things. Yes. What are the things that drive them? Yes. One of the first ones that you're talking about is greed. Yes. Um, loneliness can be just as much of a motivation for anyone who feels that they want to change that mm. and go about it in a very drastic or destructive way.
1: Mm. And what you're
0: talking about is having your characters be challenged with that idea of if someone confronts you with violence, right. respond with violence. Right. But you've got characters who, thankfully, through... What they've learned and who they are mm-hmm. can demonstrate. Yes, you can be met with violence, yes. but how you respond, right? You know, is not only one your choice, mm-hmm. but two, a decision about what you want the, the consequences or the results to be, right? You know, and if they're just responding in violence, they're just going to encourage then return violence. More violence. But if they're then going below the surface and addressing right. the root evil, mm-hmm. this has to do with greed. Right. This has to deal with loneliness, mm-hmm. and that. Challenging that is not something that oh there's the bad guy, pow pow. Right. That's the end of the problem. Right. No, this is a problem that requires all ten of us, mm-hmm. and it requires all of us working together and approaching the problem from more mm-hmm. than just head on.
1: That's right. That's and, right. And um,
0: I think that's a really impressive challenge because trying to attempt that with each book
1: yeah you know and taking on each challenge and having to
0: learn the things that you'll need to in order to to have the characters deal with the problems and still represent all of the things they stand for Mm. sounds like uh many of the the green team's challenges are going to be challenges that you'll have to actually face for them or because of them yes definitely (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) without
1: a doubt man and on a daily basis you know a a challenge as we as a I would call people that like live their dreams change makers, you know, people that um, get out of their small town or, you know, g- step outside of where their family supports them and, you know, like follow their dreams. It's like that's a that's to me the gold of the human family um, as far as us becoming something different. Because we're on like a self destruct mode right now, you know, we're just like all the sheep are going over the cliff and somebody you know, feeling sheep need to step out and say, Hey, where are we going here? You know, what's what's going on? We need some new leadership. Yeah, we need some new leadership, (laughs) right. And so the old paradigms to me are, 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 are the reason why we're in this mess right now. While we're they say we're in a mass extinction event where one species which happens to be human is creating a mass extinction for species i think they say we're losing 12 species a day you know and from insects to microbes or you know we're just killing 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 and it's like some point you know we're on this food chain thing you know we just keep killing it's like it's like suicide you know so and there's there's there are people waking up and there's people that are, that have been doing things for years you know and and finding out those who those people are and what are some of the challenges that they are face and incorporate some of those challenges and things into the stories as well so them for yeah recognizing community. for the for their uh for their life life because some of these people have been working for a lifetime of green you know activists but you know it's i was thinking um Yesterday it's like, wow, you know, even as a as a person I would say, um, that's passionate about green, you know, and and wanting humanity to become more sustainable. So like really the green superheroes, the ones that have been really advocating for green, I really don't know as well as I would like to, you know. So kinda of doing some research on them as well and finding out like who are some of the green pioneers to help us, you know, see the, the Western world that you know life was sustainable then on the 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 story of the green team how were some of the ancient cultures and the traditional tribes all around the world how were they living in a way that is harmonious you know and how can we incorporate some of that um some of the things that they were doing and that some of these tribes still are doing into our modern world you know and and mix those two so it's a lot of different things I want to I want to pull in you know and um With the goal of, you know, we have to change as humans. We can't keep doing the same thing we're doing, you know. We have to change. Uh, It's like we're headed for extinction, you know. And it might take a couple generations for it to really be pressing, but for those of us that have foresight, it's like, you know, let's rise up and make a difference, you know, And, and set some things in motion that, you know, leave a legacy of change that we tried our best to, you know, do these things and to accomplish these goals. And here's some of our successes and here's some of our failures and, you know, pass the baton when it's that time, you know, to the next generations coming. So, yeah, so definitely a lot. I feel like it's a lot to write about, a lot of, a lot to discover, you know, even about ancient cultures and uh, modern challenges and, and and human human challenges, you know, as we faced... Uh, face like okay well what are the oil what are the oil companies doing what are the greedy people doing now or what are what are people that are just kind of stuck on violence right now what's the point you know what's driving them you know to keep this violence going and and what's really at the root of that you know and how can we alter that and change that you know like for instance if you have programs in the inner cities that keep the children busy and you know have them do things and there would probably be less killings and shootings because a lot of these kids they can't read and write they're poured out their minds and they're angry at the world so you know they're just kind of going on instinct and they're, they're listening to all this crazy music and watching people get killed on tv and then they're just living out these fantasies that they're putting in front of them so if we put you know hey this person's starting a community garden and and everybody's you know proud of this person you know Maybe some of the kids could grow up in these ways because we've kind of, like, made paths for them. You know, and say, hey, you can also be recognized as a green activist in your community. You know, and that could be a, you don't just have to get on TV by killing people. You can be, you know. You can be <laughs> you, recognized. Yeah, you can be recognized programs. as somebody who's, you know, had, took the bravery on organizing their community and, feed, and trying to feed the community, you know, from their plots of land or from their fruit trees or, you know. So just basically kind of give the children some other alternatives that they can do and take some of these natural born leaders, you know, and have them lead people in a different direction and also let uh, them know that there is a global crisis at hand. You know, I feel like everybody's just stuck in their day-to-day and, and not really sure that there's a global crisis on hand. And maybe they heard of it a little but it might be like, oh, well, the polar ice caps are melting and the polar bear. Who gives a crap about those polar bears, you know? I don't, I don't live in the polar <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like, what that does that it got sense. to do with me? You know, I'm just trying to get by, you know. Meanwhile, they're eating bad and drinking soda and doing all these smoking cigarettes and doing all these, you know, bad lifestyle choices, which leads into another problem, you know, health and, you know. And now we're going to take
0: a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor
1: them you know health and you know bad health and bad thoughts and you know so there's definitely a lot of challenges that need to uh to happen you know and things that need to be addressed you know on the small levels that, that can help children see like hey you know well this one person told me who hap- happens to work for the green team she said uh what is organic and I said well it means that there is no pesticides, you know, no, no harmful chemical pesticides that destroy the soil and destroy you as a human being as well, with the intention of killing certain bugs and funguses and things that destroy crops. She's like, oh, I thought that meant that they didn't care about us, that they didn't even want to put chemicals on the plants to protect us. I thought organic I mean they didn't even care about us. So that was her perspective, right?
0: An interpretation. Interpretation. Just, of just organic. Based on what? what and
1: she mean, knew up until means that point. organic means that these people don't even care about us. Interesting. Isn't that interesting. So there's a lot of information that needs to to go out to the common person. I was in Atlanta. My daughter's going to Georgia State University, mm-hmm. and uh, they got styrofoam cups everywhere. You know, it's like. You guys got styrofoam, non-degradable cups everywhere. This is an Institute of Higher learning. Everywhere, all throughout the city. Styrofoam, it's like, wow. Yeah, so it's like a lot of work, a lot of work that needs to be done as far as educating people and letting them know that they have an impact. You know, they are powerful. I I feel like one of the things is um, people need to realize they're powerful. You know, so many people feel like they're powerless. You know, but when I look, I like to look up words. Power basically means you have energy, right? And you right. get energy from food, from the sun. So you get energy from eating, drinking, from the sun, right? And then power is like, well, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to go to the store with that energy? Are you going to do your homework? Are you going to go play with your friends? These are all power. You know, so basically power is how you direct the energy. A power plant gets energy and says, I'm sending some to L.A., I'm sending some to Bakersfield, I'm sending this much to San Francisco. You know, that's what a power plant does. You know, it decides where it's going to send the energy. So we have power. We just have been told as a, a group of a society, um, as as a collective, that we're powerless. And so being powerless is just like, well just go along, whatever we tell you to do, whatever the television tells you to do, whatever school tells you to do, whatever society just do, whatever. You know, cheer for your team, go get drunk, get the girl, get the car, get the house, get the job, you know, and you'll be happy. Go on vacation. You know, that's kinda like on the surface of our society. But, you know, that's kinda like a lot of people are just but that's destroying we're not it's not sustainable you know so we have to reconstruct that lifestyle and say well what is part of that is sustainable and what part isn't sustainable and what can we do to start bringing sustainable practices and so we consider it about the planet about our own lives about our air quality about our water quality you know, so it's just a lot a lot to teach and a lot to learn and so these superheroes are gonna be fighting a big fight, man. <laughs> they got big work to do <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and in so many different ways. I mm-hmm. mean listening to what you were describing um it's it's really clear to see that you know you're aware and you want the characters and the people reading to be aware of all the destruction and mm-hmm. destructive forces that are at work, mm-hmm. but also to point out that when that's all we focus on. Right, that, that's all we really sort of live in, right? But that by showing that these are characters, and through your message, that looking beyond that, right, uh, what's causing it? Mm-hmm. How can we impact it? Right, by focusing on, th- on this idea you were talking about a minute ago about how people can make an impact, yeah, and it can feel small, yeah, at the beginning, yeah, but yes. then it can build and grow, and that know. you know, the more they're sharing and teaching others, the more it's yes. kind of like building blocks, you know, they're a block, they're teaching someone else who's another block that's building something together. And also this idea that through it, you're providing this connection. Mm. Because what you were talking about, I mean, the example that you gave about an employee who had questions about what organic meant. Mm. One, organic has become a word that's used so often, that I think many people use it without knowing what it means. Mm. Like so many words that we've heard others say it and we use their definition or the understanding we create in that moment yes but how that can lead to a lot of uh, separation and disconnect Mm. and how this young lady's example you were describing uh, based on either what she was told or what she interpreted interpreted. her experience was oh this means you don't care right this means that this is lower quality or this is thoughtless or careless or or, or, you know uh, less desirable
1: less desirable
0: and and how that disconnection if it's shared is going to be a message that others are going to listen to just the way she listens to it wow but then instead that if you're able to be one of those sources of knowledge who can provide oh no this is what the real definition is right and then maybe even inspire that person to say hey i should stop trying to just think of what I think it is in that moment, or mm. listen to what someone else is telling me. But instead, if I if I learn from this person, and either seek out answers from others, mm. or seek out answers from sources of knowledge. That's right. You know, I can not only inform myself. Yes. But then maybe be that same thing for someone else. Yes. Provide them with the answers, um, and that sounds so much like the mission that. Green Team Comics is striving for as well.
1: That's right. Because
0: if you can show kids this and provide them with this connection,
1: mm. as
0: you said, they if if they're not able to read and write, if they're not able to engage with the messages, then they're going to be angry and frustrated because they're not being right. provided. Connection. That's, not that's Comics right. have been really shown to be a bridge mm. if, if reading Literacy or an issue. Mm. The images can help relay the story and help inform the words. So you're, yes. you're giving them that extra tool mm. in case that's an issue. Yes. And if not, then you've got this beautiful imagery to help tell the story in a yes. more powerful way. That's right. And then you're fostering that idea of knowing and connecting. Yes. And through both of those things, I mean, just on the negative experiences that you know the examples have given us, you know, that we were mm. talking about, where what can be the downside of that? Well. Who knows what the upside can be now if you're able oh, to remove bro. those right. limits or impediments or anything like that? Yes. Um, and that's an impressive mission to take. Yeah, i got I a
1: great team, got a big mission. I'm going to say sure. it right now, and yeah. I'm
0: sure you realize that at some point, this is a life mission. You know, it's you're not doing mission, this until, sure. you know, retirement. Yeah, you're not sure. doing this until you get to a nice age or until right. you've got so much saved away. Exactly. You're doing this to achieve a purpose. Exactly. And yes. even if it's just to get far enough along to say, this is how far I've come. Yep. I need to hand this to the next person. Exactly. But this is what you don't have to do because right. of what I did, you know, Exactly. Now. Exactly. Um, that's yeah. a really honest pursuit to take yes,
1: on yes I mean, yeah and and it's beautiful for me because you know definitely I always look for a message and a purpose that I can feel good about you know and this is definitely what I feel <laughs> good about and I was like oh, I feel good about this I can only uh, imagine um, yeah it's a good feeling man and it, and it's a blessing um, And and it's a big work you know it's a lot to be done you know, like you said so it's a lot, it's a life work you know so it's a, it's a blessing and an honor to uh to receive it and to be a part of it and to uh and it's amazing you know just the lack of knowledge and information like the chef he comes by here he uh he cooks uh food and he works in uh, Jack London Square as a chef and he does his own you know, cooking on the side. Like, he he delivers sandwiches, like he says. He comes by and takes orders from all the businesses and says, sure. hey, look, I make sandwiches. You guys want turkey, you want tuna, you want steak sandwich, what do you want, you know? And I keep telling him, hey, um, I'm vegan, you know? And, uh, so the last couple of times he said, okay, okay, all right, all right. And then yesterday he said, man, what does that mean? What does <laughs> vegan mean? Time to, you know, help provide some information here's a chef that doesn't know what vegan means like what does that say about our human family right you know it's just like so much information that we just don't have access to Mm -hmm. you know and for whatever reason you know this information is there but gotta know the keywords to, to, to research it or yeah. Have to be inspired to 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 do the research or.
0: And to, know the best places maybe to get the right information. Right, so you're just asking your buddy who yeah. might just say, I don't know either, but here's a good story, you know. And I'm just going to tell you something I'm making up or, or
1: exactly, I I yeah. And then you might go on that the rest of your life, you know. not the real, the right information doesn't come in and say, no, that's not what that is. This is what that is, you know. <laughs> so when he asked, I was like, wow, that's a beautiful thing, you right. know. That he asked me, and I was able to explain to him the difference between vegan and vegetarian and pescatarian and all that other, you know, the, the different food choices that people may have. And that as a chef, he should consider them and know them. Right. You know. Just because
0: of how it can benefit him. It could benefit you
1: know? him, you know, and he can make something for a vegan. He can make something for a vegetarian. He can make it something, you know. Yeah someone who just eats fish you know or whatever you know seafood so yeah so it's just just show again reveals that like yeah we definitely it's a lot of information that is being limited and that people don't have access to in the world of information people still don't have (laughs) access to some crucial
0: information and not only that but um it also shows you know You've got a day-to-day job to do. Yes, you're constantly coming across opportunities where this is something that you're you're just doing through interactions with others. Just
1: interactions, how much with more other. are you
0: doing it through your art? Exactly through your production.
1: Yes, you know through so,
0: the green cleaning.
1: Exactly. And
0: in each one of those, you have this opportunity to do it. Yes, you know. And the challenge is to be able to, to do it each time. Yes. to rise to that occasion, and maybe even face a struggle in the process. Oh man, we're facing
1: struggles every day, every day challenges every day you know and a lot of them just human human challenges you know even in uh even in even in achieving success as they say you know these challenges and how we treat each other It's like i'm i got this big thing i'm working on and you know and you know you are working on something but it's not as important as this and i need you to see that and how we treat each other and that or and you know a client saying you know hey you guys took my glasses, or I was like, oh, I found them. They're on the refrigerator. It's like, yeah, well, maybe you should look first before you accuse us of taking your glasses. Or somebody's saying, like, yeah, healthy cleaning doesn't work. I know for a fact it doesn't work. You know, it's like, well, why don't you give it a try? You know, it's your planet. It's your air. It's your indoor air environment. You don't have to expose yourself to toxic waste, you know, that it has a, p- a price. Here's something healthy for you, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to waiting until the doctor tells you that you need to consider alternatives in your cleaning. Why don't you, you know, be preventative and say, hey, you know, here it is. Here's all these people that say it works. Why don't you give it a try? You know,
0: not only that, but you're you're offering facts and information to go along with why you're saying and that's hey, right. Why don't you take a look? Take a you look. read the facts and you find other facts that compete with mine and you want to disagree based on that okay, I'm not going to, you know, but you took the time to at least consider.
1: You did. If you
0: just took me off name only. Right, exactly. Well, uh, I'm not really sure you're looking deeper. Yeah,
1: there you go. Right? Look a little deeper, yeah. you know, and and, and and as well as all the great things, you know, when people do a great job and, and people are real supportive of each other, and, you know, and yeah. people say, you know, I sold a comic book today. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? You sold a comic book today? Yeah, and just like the, the joy of them, Feeling like wow I sold a comic book today and you know and the school district might be interested in it for the kids you know they want you to go to San Francisco and meet with the school district and just the excitement of of it and somebody feeling like oh I can't sell comic books you know I'm doing cleaning. But then well hey you're, you're cleaning your green.
0: Well and for anybody who's listening you know. The thing you're talking about is to to take a dream and an idea and to pursue it i'm sure so many people have had that but they might have limited themselves because they they immediately begin seeing the challenges right or they they meet some you know difficulties and, and they're constantly questioning whether or not they're making the right decision right you know given that there might be people like that listening you know who either recognize your name Mm-hmm. or uh, recognize the name of Green Team Cleaning mm-hmm. or Green Team Comics right. for whatever reason they've come to listen mm-hmm. they're listening and and they're saying okay but how did you do it when it was hard and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's easy you know to for them to if you were to give specific examples to mm-hmm. say oh well that was in this example, yeah exactly But what ended up kind of maybe being the more general idea mm-hmm. that was like almost either the the mindset the approach right or even the sort of just like uh, the resilience of I know in this instance it's harder than last time but right I, I overcame last time mm-hmm. because I relied on these things. right what have kind of been your constants when you come up with yeah
1: that's a beautiful question man. I have to say because uh you know the good thing about having this cleaning company is that I'm able to I'm able to coach a lot of different people you know different age brackets and different people and um this one situation you know i i told this one young lady i said your, you know your dream your dream whatever it is can come true there's no way it can't come true you know as long as you don't give up on it and it doesn't mean it's going to come true overnight right it doesn't mean it's going to happen right away but i guarantee you will come true as long as you don't give up on it and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy you know I told her it's like a video game, like imagine you're playing a video game and you can just win every level easy, is that going to be your favorite video game? She's like no it's not. I said don't you like a challenge? She's like yeah I like a challenge you know and that way I feel like yeah over, So that's how life is you know, it's going to be full of challenges but it's a great feeling when you overcome great challenges, it's like the greater the challenge the greater the reward. So. When you have a dream, with that dream is going to come a whole set of challenges. Mm. But instead of getting defeated by that, just look at them as a means for you to write your story and encourage not only yourself but others. Because whoever has a dream, it's going to come with some gut-wrenching challenges. Sometimes you feel like there's no way you're going to make it. There's no way this dream is going to come true. You know, The only way it's going to come true is if you want it so bad and you just stay with that dream and you just see it as a reality you know and and, it, and again it doesn't mean it's gonna happen overnight like right away you know because even people who you think happen overnight a lot of times they're they're on top of somebody who's been working a whole lifetime or maybe two generations to get to that you know that producer that produced maybe say like a young justin Bieber or somebody who had the networking and the skills to market them globally you know this young talent came on top of that, like when the Jacksons came on top of Motown. It was like they, the uh, Barry Gordy said it was their first like chance of feeling like the Beatles, or you know they had a group that was like the Beatles, you know. <laughs> people were holding on to the airplane wheels, like I take off or something like that, you know. But Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy have been working forever on, on Motown for years, decades, mm-hmm. you know, and then Jackson Five just came in on top of all that work that they had did, and it was the perfect timing, the perfect match, you know, and then you're like, oh, they're overnight success, but, you know, there's a lot of layers, and when you peel back layers to that story, there's like, oh, this person had this happen, and they had that happen, and this happened." so I would say the dream itself is the reward, not so much the outcome, you know, to have something to pursue in life, you know. there's a lot of people that have money and wealth, say it's from their father or grandfather, and they commit suicide or they they just live a vacant life, you know, and they have everything that's could make somebody happy, seemingly on the outside, but they have nothing on the inside. You know, nothing that gets them up every day and you know, the burning desire to accomplish it, you know. So yeah, I would say that just having a goal is, is just a gift. It's a gift and having that's that a, thing
0: that gets you up in the morning yeah
1: and going and fills your life up yeah. you know and the adversity and all that that's the story you all know right. that's the story of the gift you know and it is by can you can use it to inspire yourself and then the beautiful most beautiful thing is that when you use it to inspire others definitely, you know and then it's like it's like woo it was worth it <laughs> yeah look what i just did look what i just did that um, person smiling or that person really gets it you know that was
0: a really great example i think just you know pointing to the idea that this thing that you're doing it's the gift that that dream is the reward Yeah. um and that how using that as your approach is is going to provide you with all those ways of okay you know i'm looking at this however the long term is and I don't know what the results of my work are right. going to be and I don't yeah. know what they're going to mean for me but they could mean so much more for the next person exactly. I could be building you know something that allows mm-hmm. that next person to just take off take
1: off right. um
0: and I think that also leads me to this idea that as I'm looking around and I'm noticing that you've got all this great art mm-hmm. you've got music mm-hmm. you've got the comic books mm-hmm. as well as the business mm-hmm. and I think for maybe others who are listening too, they're like, oh, okay, but but I'm not that, and right. I can't do all these many things, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, yeah, but he didn't learn how to be great at something the first time out. He mm-hmm. learned exactly. how to try and do something, yes. and then he learned how to try and... so. He, if there's an example, because you've given a great example about music, Mm -hmm. maybe if you had one that could also point to when you started uh, working with physical art, like painting or drawing, Mm. and how you made either the choice to start branching out in that way or, or what was like the approach that allowed you to get past, I know this is going to be hard. I know I'm going to make mistakes or it's not going to turn out the way I want. Mm. And this is that thing that keeps me pursuing it. Was it something similar to like the dream? Or was it more about, you know, what got you started drawing or painting in the first place?
1: Yes, that's a really good question too. You got great questions. I tried, man. So, yeah, you got, really, you got people. really great <laughs> questions, man. Um, I would say I'm coming from a completely different universe with that, you know. I, I feel like I'm doing things in this lifetime, that bring me peace, you know, and joy. And it's almost like what comes out is like the manifestation of that, me achieving that peace or that joy, you know. But like my main goal is to, for me to be doing things as a human being that bring me that sense of balance and clarity and like union with divine energy so that's kind of like my goal is to tell people that there's this wonderful dimension that you can access you know and it's when you have union with god energy or universal energy it's like when you When the singer becomes the song and the dancer becomes the dance and the musician becomes the music and the artist becomes the art, you know, there's this disappearance of self Mm. and you become selfless and you just become one, you know, and then there's no time there. There's no pain there. There's only just like you and the divine there. And it's like, there is to me home, you know, there is this place of, endless peace boundless joy you know it's just stillness it's this oneness it's this incredible experience you know it's like going on vacation from life if you will yeah. <laughs> but it's an internal a spiritual vacation you know and the the external you know where it comes out in a song or it comes out in a painting is just the external you know that the internal is really what i hope each painting or each song is a pathway for them to to find that themselves. You know, like hopefully that feeling can be caps encapsulated in that painting or in that book or in that artwork or in that business or in that exchange of human and they could say, Oh wow, there's a doorway here that I didn't feel before or I, or I that I didn't experience before. What's that? You know? And it's like, wow, is this is the doorway to your own connection to divine energy, you know, go through it, you know, check it out, you know. And then I feel like that was what human transformation is, us accessing this higher portal, you know, and then it doesn't really matter how it comes out. You know, it really matters. Are you being true to yourself, you know, and, and to that divine energy in that moment? You know, and that's the feeling that ripples to me out into the universe that there's this higher consciousness, and there's this group of humans that are channeling this higher consciousness. You know, and that it's like a, a force field that's being emitted, and that kids can grow up in it, and adults can live inside of it, and you know, and our societies could be built on it, and 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 we can all channel it. We we can live this higher lifestyle where we're you know loving each other we're loving ourselves we're loving our environment you know we're at where we're, we're at one we're at peace we're not missing anything there's no missing part parts you know that we can just express ourselves in a holistic way and it and and first of all we enjoy it you know and then second of all it's appreciated by others you know That's a beautiful thing but a lot of times you know people have to be at a certain frequency or a certain vibration to acknowledge good in other people you know if they're not acknowledging good in themselves it's hard for them to see good in others you know and so yeah i would say that's why i'm saying it's like a different perspective or a different universe in the sense that you're just serving you know you're just serving divine energy you're just channeling it's like you're channeling god's energy and that could be like you need to coach kids or you need to teach first grade or need to fly airplanes or you know like whatever it comes out like you're literally born to do this right here you know and that's it you know and do it and then you know you're feeling good and, and you're doing it and then to me it increases our as opposed to a society who says that okay you can only be these things right here you know and you could be at this and then that some people are like F students, D students, C students, B minus students, B plus students. Some people are A plus. It's like in this world that I'm talking about, it's like everybody's an A plus student because everybody's bringing something unique to the table. You know, there's nobody better or worse than, you know. The only bad thing is if you're kind of out of the frequency and that might come in anger or that might come in uh, hatred for others or that might come, you know, you can tell when somebody's off. (laughs) <laughs> you know they're not balanced they're not at peace with themselves they're not doing what they came here to do you know so yeah I would I would say that to me the, the greatest thing is just finding things you really love to do yeah. you know and then doing it and if you're doing it and you're feeling great doing it yeah you really it's really feeding your soul uh, you know that's it it doesn't get any better you know I mean that's as good a, as a human can get right yes. there you know in that moment you know well,
0: and, and I think your idea of approaching something new doing something new yeah from a place of gaining peace from it mm. not for what were you trying to paint and did right. you paint it right are, are your clouds the shape you uh, like? exactly or the tree like the one you had in your mind or the right. one that somebody else has uh. done or the one that you're looking at and trying to yeah. copy you yeah imitate. exactly but are you doing this thing and finding peace at the end of doing it, finding a place of comfort. Because when you were talking about why saxophone provided that freedom when you Mm -hmm. played along with the radio, Mm -hmm. it was because you could sort of step away, create that just enough separation from the day-to-day, and go into that place where music gave Mm -hmm. you that freedom, and that freedom of music allowed you to access. So now you're talking about how by doing that Mm -hmm. in your art, Mm -hmm. you've been able to experience uh, a channel that's created for others to engage and see where that higher pure energy is coming from that direction that's being channeled and that if others do that then that's what they're capable of and and really by pursuing these new arts and by approaching them from a place of bring peace Mm -hmm. or achieve peace at the end of it Mm -hmm. that's how you reach that higher level connection or that's how you can better channel it so that others are accessing it yes um, and that in doing so you're removing all of this is it good do I like it you know and focusing on did I did I derive joy and peace from doing it and if exactly. I did mm-hmm. then and that was my goal then I've accomplished my goal simply so by cool. starting and doing it
1: that's right, right. And then, and then the beautiful thing about that is You know, they say it's like grandma's cooking, you know, it's like she puts love in that cooking, and you could kind of feel that love coming out, you know, and if you put that love in whatever you're doing, you know, people can feel it. It's going to come out, whether it looks like this kind of tree or that kind of tree, you know, they are going to feel like, wow, there was love there, and that's what I want on my wall. I want that love there, you know. I want that feeling that this person had when they were painting that, you know, and artists, the beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and, you know, it's like, and the beautiful thing about a human life and a human artist is that the goal is that everybody should paint a little differently, you know, everybody should be unique if they're really being true to themselves, you know, because like no one can paint like that person. Or write a song like that person, or play a song like
0: especially if you're really reflecting who you are. Exactly, that, that should be, a little, that from should be else. a
1: little different. That's how we know it's you, right? <laughs> how we, it's the you know, and then somebody came when I was at Comic Con, somebody came by and said, "Hey, I recognize your work," and I was like, "Wow, that's a great compliment to an artist." Yes, that you recognize my work. You know, that's a beautiful thing.
0: And because of that, I mean. That's one connection that you know about. Yeah. How many others that you don't don't mean? know about, and, and what those connections might be and yeah. what it mean to somebody else. And
1: that's all I could was. wish for other artists, and you know that they could just be really true to themselves, and even if they don't, you know, if they don't, at first like how it comes out, like learn to love it because that's you, right? You know, and learn to just like keep going with that and see where is that taking you. You know, because. If you can appreciate it, then you can start bringing out little details about it that are way different than what somebody else could do. You know, maybe life is leading you down a, a new perspective that we've never as a human family looked at a tree in that way before. And if you paint that tree in that way, then maybe we all can see trees in a different way. You know, then if you were only painting like all the other artists paint trees, it's like, Yeah, paint that, that tree how you were going to paint it and you know, learn to enjoy it. You know, that that's your, and hopefully one day somebody could say, hey, I recognize your work,
0: you know. Yeah, because it's different, because it's not
1: like the others. It's that's not, exactly, and whether that's a song or a business or whatever, you know, hopefully people could recognize your work, you know. Far, I uh,
0: I can't think of a better note to end on. If you're comfortable, I'm just going to shoot Yes, you brother. Thank you for thank doing you. your work, oh, a Storyteller. <laughs> and that concludes my conversation with far i Shields. I can honestly say that I did not know that we would branch out into discussion about how the dream is the reward and that the pursuit of it is a gift, nor uh, could I anticipate understanding what the history of uh, the characters on the green team or their origin, and I could not um, anticipate that it would be so rich and come from so many places. And also, in doing so, be a story about characters who come from such a wide range of cultures spread across the globe. I hope you didn't mind the one or two times I couldn't edit out some coughing or the passing BART trains or car alarms, and that... They became something of a light background in comparison to what I felt was a really important message that Far-Eye was thankfully sharing with us. If you'd like to learn more about Far-Eye, please feel free to visit the links that I am sharing along with this podcast. And that you can always find him at FarEyeShields.com Thank you for listening. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters... Thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast. While you're listening to this recording, feel free to take a look for the link that says to support me. should be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But your listening, your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible and I couldn't do it without you. So thank you again, not only for listening, but for your generous support and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.